from the studios of Fractal Recording, this is the Profit First Podcast, episode number... Ten! <laughs> it's not nine. Nick, nine is ten! Woo! Oh my goodness. <laughs> Dude, when I yelled ten, a piece of uh, M&M like launched up oh. and got stuck. Right? We're going to talk about M&M's in a second, but welcome everyone to the Profit First Podcast. I'm Chris Curran, the founder of Fractal Recording. And I'm Mike Michalowicz, author of Profit First. And on this show, we talk about profit. We interview all different types of business owners, business coaches, accountants, bookkeepers, because we want to get to the bottom line. We want to talk what, about what makes a business healthy, and it's the bottom line, the profit. Yep. And we're available as a podcast in iTunes and Stitcher and at our website, ProfitFirstPodcast.com. And you guys see the comments piling up there. <laughs> We've actually turned the corner to positive comments. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one's like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. We started on a great note. Yeah. yeah. It was tremendous. So what have you been up to, man? Uh, so I, um, I've been traveling a lot. I finished up uh, 2014 very strongly nice. with lots of speaking engagements. And in 2015, actually, probably a week or two after this actually broadcast, I'm doing a media tour on the news. Uh, I'm going to make appearances on somewhere between 35 and 45 news networks on a Friday morning, which is not like the best time of the day. At 6.30, it starts. Like CNN headline news and so forth. Talking about profit first. And sponsored by a company called Zero. Zero makes accounting software. Now, little do they know, knock on wood, all goes well. I'll say, you know, we have a podcast you should be sponsoring too. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah, yeah. How have you been up to, brother? Yeah, we've been good. I, my wife and I found this little bookstore in a local town near here, and it's like all these used books. And it's like, man, you the go adult there. Adult bookstore. Um, no. Okay. Just a regular bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what kind of books? No, I, everything. A lot of self-help and spirituality and everything. No, but me and my wife, like, you can get a whole ShopRite bag full of books for five bucks. Oh, my God. So we're like, we spent two and a half hours there looking around. It was pretty cool. So you, Yeah, they're they're all they're all toilet paper entrepreneur books, right? Oh, hey, Um, do you know my buddy's here? He's back. I know he just spoke, but I I had his mic muted. Yeah, Harry, there he is. Ron, hey guys, hey, there he is. Ron Saharian. Ron Saharian is my business partner in Profit First Professionals. Thank you. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. Yeah, all right, put him on mute again. (laughs) That was enough. (laughs) So. We're going to talk about our sponsors a little later on, but I want to tell you who they are, just to refresh your memory. Yeah, Nextiva uh, is our primary sponsor. They manufacture voice over IP systems. They're they're growing leaps and bounds, an amazing company. So if you need VoIP, definitely check out Nextiva. I I personally use them. I've used them for years now. I love them. T-Sheets, which is, uh, they make time tracking software, and Fundera, it's an online funding source. All remarkable companies. I know the owners and executives of each company, by the way. Nice. They're all cool. Yeah. So we ha- we have a secret word for each episode. Are we going to do the secret word now? Yeah, did you, do we have our guests on mute? Um, not yet. Oh. I could I could put her on mute right now. I mean, it's kind of tradition to do a big build up. To introduce and then. And then say, oh, yeah. But we're on top of our game today, so let's do a secret <laughs> word. Put her on mute. Okay. All right, and then. Uh, um, all right, she's on mute. What is the word? So the word for today is going to be M&M shots. M&M shots. Or M&M shot. And, and Whatever is least appropriate. You have to use it as a verb. And yep. here's the thing, just for the listeners to know, each episode we have a word <clears throat> that we try to fit into the conversation at the... 
most <laughs> inapplicable time ever. Right, just to stick out. And also has to be used as a verb. And yep. then at the end, we ask our guests if they knew what it was. Yeah, and one caveat. If it's a verb, it has to be used as a noun. <laughs> right? So like, like you're going to the store. Like the going has to become a noun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the I remember, <laughs> yeah, I remember going to the going. Nice. All right. Okay. So what, I'll bring it back. Let's give her the big introduction. So you know who we have today is Sharon Merrill. And Sharon is the founder of Merrill Instrument Repair. She's based out of the Cleveland, Ohio area, specifically Lakewood. Has been in this business for a long time. She actually has been so successful in this business, by the way. She coaches other people how to start and build instrument repair shops. Big customers are uh, school concert you know, bands and stuff like that, uh, private bands and so forth. She sells and repairs everything from guitars to ukuleles to uh, jumba drums. Jembes and horns and everything, and too. Horns. And everything, right? Yep. Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's going to be really cool. I think there's going to be some... I even have an idea. Is she back on mute again? Um, yeah, don't worry about no, it. No, she's not on mute. I think what we should do, Ron, this is your job, find some instrument sounds, because I really want to see how tuned she is. <laughs> we'll play some instrument sounds and see if she can tell us what instrument that is. <laughs> we'll try to stump Sharon? Yeah, stump Sharon. <laughs> yeah, and if anyone wants to call in uh, live, uh, you can call us. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, we'll, and all right, the, Jesus Christ, let's let's do the introduction <laughs> quickly. All right, open up the line, would you, for God's sake? She's open, yeah. All right. Hey, Sharon, how are you? Sharon. Hey, hey, guys, how are you? Welcome. Good. Was that a horrible introduction? <laughs> oh, my God, you're scary. It's scary. Oh. Memorable. <laughs> Memorable. <laughs> yeah. I'm up to the challenge, though. Okay, good. So there's quite a few challenges. Uh, yeah. Obviously, there's something we're going to do that you already asked us. Like, you're like, what's the secret word? She already knows there's a word, yeah. yeah so there's a word, um, and I have it written down, and someone here is going to say it. There's also, Ron is quickly going through his different <laughs> sound effects on his iPhone, and we're going to see what... Uh, instruments you can identify, okay? Okay, all right. Okay. All right. Tell, so today we're going to learn a What the hell is that? <laughs> he's he's oh, scanning. He's, he's, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your business, Sharon. Well, um, I, of course, own Merrill Instrument Repair, and we are a full-service music store. We offer lessons. We offer repairs on all the band orchestra instruments and guitars, and uh, we rent instruments and sell accessories. So I have... I actually started it uh, 10 years ago full-time and worked out of my home for the first five years doing lessons and repairs. Then five years ago, we opened a storefront because uh, the community here was not seeing me. And so I needed that storefront in order to uh, bring in more business. So is a, uh, a storefront really more of a marketing piece than a business function? You know what I'm saying? Does it give you the visibility and that's the primary benefit of a space? Yeah, it gives me more visibility. It also makes me more legitimate. Yeah, you know, that's true. Coming to the house, I mean, that was okay, but certainly more people are coming now to the store. I still have that visibility problem, though, because we have the, the competitor here in town has been around for 40, 50 years. So everybody's on autopilot. And it's tough to break that, you know, scenario, so... So when you moved to the retail space, what changed in your customer base? Did you move to get bigger customers because now they saw you as credible? Did you get more volume? I don't, how did it change? Yeah, I got, got definitely more volume. And when I went into it, um, because I had owned a music store before about 18 years ago, which failed miserably, I wanted to give the store away retail-wise and ended up going uh, going into bankruptcy because of it. And hmm. coming back out of that, 
I had decided when I went and did my home base business that I was just doing that, not going to do any retail. When I opened the store, I said, just uh, minimal retail. It's just icing on the cake. It's all about lessons and repairs. But what has happened over the years is the retail has actually gone above my repairs now. And a lot of it, too, is how I've really taken an interest in business and just taught myself a lot of different things and it's made it much much better and and I also said I was not going to do any guitars I didn't want to do guitars but people kept bringing them to me and wanted to sell them and I could buy them for like you know 20 bucks and sell them for you know four times that much so so now my store is filled with guitars so wow that's it yeah I assume that's the most popular instrument is that true yeah it is really yeah and, and and so you make do you make more profit on reselling goods or on the repair? I know you said you wanted to do more repair, but yeah. where do you make more profit? I probably make more profit right now with uh, selling the used guitars. Used yeah, guitars. No. Used guitars. Is that yeah. consignment? No, that's the ones. Like I said, I buy them from people who want quick cash, and then I just fix them up and put them out on the floor and. Like I said, I can get three, four times as much. Is that risky? I mean, now you're accumulating inventory. You got stuff, guitars piling up in your shop. Uh, that's money that's kind of locked on your shelves until it sells. Isn't that risky? Guitars sell pretty quickly, though. That's the thing. The used ones, they seem to fly off the shelves. It's the new ones that will sit longer, you know, because I'm creating good deals where, you know, they're cheaper than what they could get anywhere else, but yet I'm still making a great profit on it. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah I, and I have a question for you, Sharon. You said that you were working out of your house for a while, you know, operating your business out of your house, home, and then you moved into the retail space to get more exposure. You've been there for about five years. And you said once you moved to the retail space, you did get more clients because you got more visibility. Did you track the difference in profit from when you were at home to when you were in the, in the retail space? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, when I when I look at the top line, you know, definitely there's it, it, it grew and grew and grew each year. And, you know, I, in my industry and in being small as I am, I mean, the numbers are small, but for me to go over 100,000 was pretty huge. And so I wasn't doing that at home. And so that's a whole whole different thing. So it's way better being having the storefront. That made a huge difference. And we added, see, the lessons I had, I had about probably 20 kids, and I divvied them out among other teachers. I hired teachers in, and then um, right now we're at about 100 students who come through each week for lessons. So what's the breakout in, if we can do revenue, we don't need your exact numbers, but percentage-wise, how much do you make from lessons versus repairs versus selling, reselling products? Uh, I'd say probably lessons because I take in room rent for that. That would, I think that's about probably 20% or so. And then, and then I have rental income too from renting musical instruments. So, uh, I mean, I I can say, I'll I'll give you numbers because it's easier for me. So I'd say about 20,000 for uh, lesson. Okay. Uh, rental, uh, 20,000 or so for rentals. And then the rest is divided between the sales and repairs. And like I said, sales is a little bit above. They're close, but it sales is a little bit more. 
do you have any secrets to because sales are so significant for you in laying out your space? We have a lot of people listening in that have retail space of some sort, physical space. Maybe it's not an instrument uh, facility. Any recommendations for optimizing the layout to make it more profitable? Well, I mean, I have all I have is I have wall space and you know the hangers for the instruments and and everything, and I have a very small space. Space, so you know I minimally have like a few things out because I know how it sells. So I don't go overboard in purchasing. I that's where I'm real careful about having retail items in because I don't want to make the mistake I made 18 years ago. And what was that mistake? That was, I got all this stuff that wouldn't sell because I thought it would because I liked it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was buying for what the customer would like. So now buying for the customer, it's like I know what they want, so that's what I have in stock. And, you know, you get people who come in and say, hey, you know, do you have this? And it's like, no, sorry, I don't. But I'm not going to stock up for just that one person who comes in twice a year. You know, the biggest mistake retailers make, and I hear this over and over again, startup retailers, is they buy what they want and it's stagnant inventory because no one else wants it. Yep. By getting less space, Sharon, does that force you to buy less items, the more profitable items? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm limiting you know, what I can put on my walls. It's right. like, yeah, I don't need all that extra stuff because I know it's just going to sit there. And it, it, some of it is sitting here now. And that's why, you know, we do fun little sales trying to get things out the door. You know, like right now we've got everything, anything red in the store is 30% off. And that's even the tag that hangs on it. If it has red in it, it's out of there at 30% off. You M&M shot it right out. I get it. Like you ditch yeah. that stuff. Well, um, Okay, first of all, we have our first sound effect ready, queued up for you. Ron has it, so this is our first little interlude. Um, are you ready, Ron? All right, name this instrument. No, keep it, keep it there, keep it there, Ron. Oboe. Oh, okay. oh, wait, wait, stop, stop. Did she get the first one right, an oboe? Damn, she was right. All right, give put it a second. Ron, in the front of the mic, like this. No, no, like, like to put the nose in. The nose in. No, other side. There you go. Violin. Okay, violin. Name it. Trumpet. Trumpet, yes. Oh, you got your symbols. Symbols, yeah, it was easy. Zildjian symbols was the answer. Right. <laughs> What's that? You. It sounds harpsichordish. Yes! Oh my god! This one? Well, it's my instrument, flute. Yeah, that's right. Guitar. That's right. Guitar. Yep. Okay. Name this one? Xylophone. Xylophone, okay. And then one more. Um, we just, where the hell's the button? What, what instrument's that? That's that little thing you shake back and forth that makes that... No! Oh, my God. You were so good. You nailed all those instruments. The last instrument was a Pac-Man. The Pac-Man. <laughs> that was the Pac-Man instrument. So, uh, yeah. No, you're, you're good. Which Very good. Pac-Man, which is not an instrument for in no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Technic- oh Technically, it's not an instrument. Cheaters. Okay. Wow. Wow. That was impressive. There was a couple, like the, the oboe or whatever that thing was first. Xylophone. Harpsichord. No, what was the very first instrument? Oboe. 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 Exactly. I don't even know what an oboe is. I thought that's like when you injure yourself playing tennis. You get tennis oboe. Right. Or I know what a hobo is. Yeah. That was impressive, Sharon. Thank All you. right. So back to um, 
back to business here. Yes. You also advise or coach uh, businesses, even even in the music industry themselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. What is the most common problems you see when it comes to the money management at other instrument repair shops? Well, I think the big thing is is having too much inventory, really, and having too much set on the shelves for a long period of time. So uh, that's something where, you know, just advising them on how to make that stuff move and how to, you know, create ways of sales and, and that type of thing to get that out of there so that they can get more, you know, new inventory in that's going to sell. So if someone has stagnant inventory, are, are you telling them, we got to just get this out of here? It's taking up space? Yeah. Yeah. Get it out. Do it, Whether you do, you know, buy buy one, get one free, however you want to do it, take, if it's a loss, take the loss, but get it out of there. And in, in our industry, how we buy, we get quite a good discount on things. So you could still make a little bit, even if you with you know, buy one, throw one out the door for it. So, you know, so you it, even, but now I, I sense that as you start reducing the price, just to clear out inventory that you get resistance from folks saying, I don't want to take a loss. I don't want to take a loss. Is that true? Uh, yeah, you're going to, yes, there is that, that resistance. How do you but, navigate it? How do you well, deal with that? Well, it, all you can say is it sits here and you have nothing. I mean, you're getting nothing from it. So you've, you've got to do something. If you want more inventory in that is going to sell, it's got to go. You've got to have um, that money from those items to be able to purchase the next set of items. Because if you're just buying from you know what's in that operating expense account now, you're going to dwindle that down to nothing. And then you're not going to have anything for, you know, if you got your bills, everything else, you're kind of screwing yourself then. Have you ever seen the show The Profit by any chance? No, huh? Oh. Yeah. So have you seen it, Chris? The no. Profit? Ron, you've seen it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great show. And uh, so this guy, Marcus uh, Leomis, I think is his last name, and he goes into businesses. And when it comes to inventory, he looks, just as Sharon's suggesting, looks for stagnant inventory and forces the liquidation of it. And what what's interesting, I think, in the show is the owners of the business are are fearful of getting rid of it. They say, this this is worth hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. Well, man, that's what you paid for, but now it's 20 years old. No one wants it. It's taking up space. You got to get rid of it. Right. I mean, that's what you're saying, right, Sharon? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's got to go. When do you even put it on eBay? You know, get something. And, and replenish and be new. Keep talking, man. I have questions. <laughs> you, just, you, just, you just brought up a good point, though. eBay, you know, you talked that there's uh, basically four different parts of your business. Lessons, uh, rentals, sales, and repairs. Right. And and how much how much do you do online now at all? Um, I, I don't do a whole lot unless I get some, you know, big bulk quantity of something. Like at one time I had, you know, a hundred different, brass mouthpieces and there were a lot of them I knew that were worth quite a bit and I put those all on eBay and did that so it's kind of a it's a quick way of getting some income in and, and this is pure coincidence Chris is wearing his brass <laughs> mouthpiece right now I, I was gonna say is that the co- is that the secret word for the next episode <laughs> yeah, oh I think it is absolutely brass mouthpiece right yeah I'm writing this down and I'm, um, oh yeah although if our guests no okay sorry I was thinking our our next guest might hear that before we do it but it's okay oh it's true but how we record these yeah no, we're good won't. we're good no one's listening anyway <laughs> <laughs> thanks Ron thanks for the support appreciate it 
jackwad. What a jackwad. He's sitting there playing with Pac-Man. I know. He sits there. He's yeah. You, all right. I'm updating Facebook. Come on. So, okay. Sharon, yes. as you look back at your business, uh, and you, you shared uh, looking back 18 years ago, you wouldn't have bought so much inventory. Any other lessons you have for yourself as you look back? Uh, a lot of it is about really educating yourself on a business, on marketing, you know, not just going into it saying, ooh, I'm going to buy all this stuff and I'm going to sell it. Mm-hmm. it. It doesn't work that way. It's like I had to learn how to do great customer service. I, I used um, uh, this one person, uh, Bob Nagan with Wizbang Training. Uh, he has a great just uh, resource. It's the mastery system for retail mastery system. And the one thing they have is a way of training your uh, employees on sales. And the thing he always says is that, you know, your customers, they come first. It's like fall out of love with your goods and services and fall in love with your customer. Yeah, that's smart. Put that out there and you can, you've got to build the relationships. I mean, that's, I'm all about creating community when it comes to people in the store, you know, out in my community in Lakewood, I'm part of the chamber. And I I think that's huge too, is to be a member of your chamber, your local chamber. Okay. And uh, please tell Bob, uh, he's welcome to become a sponsor of our show. Uh, So uh, band directors, that is a a target of yours. I know you and I spoke offline around that. How much revenue do you, does a business like yours pull in from local schools? I personally don't pull in all that much uh, revenue from the schools because of just the habits they're in with my competitor. Um, I tend to be able to get into the Catholic schools. They're smaller and they're willing to come to me and I do a lot of instrument repair for the different Catholic schools in the area. So those are my main target uh, schools are the the Catholic schools. You know, you have an interesting dilemma. You have an incumbent provider, another um, instrument company out there, which ironically is owned by Bob Nagin. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that name. Um, So... (laughs) So you have this other uh, company that's the incumbent out in your market. You came in as the new business. What are strategies you have to taking on the established company? Well, that was definitely working with the uh, high schools. And one thing I did is I created, um, they have a, a marching band festival every year. I created the last two years an after party for them. And brought in DJs and gave out prizes and just had a big dance party. So it had the parents and everyone and the kids recognize me more. So me, it's about getting out in the community and getting in front of them and being willing to help them. And, and doing it in a way that isn't trying to sell them something. But it also sounds like you went to the schools that were not being served in the first place, like the Catholic schools. or not getting the not we're not getting as much attention from this big established provider you come in you give them better attention that they could get and you win but i'm also hearing that you didn't go to where they that incumbent instrument person was already dominating you didn't go after the public schools is that Uh, right yeah yeah that's true that's true and in the thing that i offered too was um you know hey i'm going to be able to do faster repair service for you that's you know what i'm going after is the repairs of course and where I know that at our competitor, it takes about two weeks for them to get an instrument back. 
So I'm offering faster service with quality. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. How's profitability this year compared to years before? Are you, is that continually improving for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I can't wait to see this year what that bottom line looks like. I, that is going to so improve by uh, so much. I, it's, I'm excited about that. And what do you attribute, uh, what actions have you taken that you attribute that to? Well, creating those small plates of. <laughs> I love you, you. I totally set her up to plug me. Small yeah. plates are right. I know. Oh God, I suck. <laughs> Every guest plugs me, right? Yeah. And you were the only one that wasn't, so I set you up to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. I mean, it's knowing, and I'll tell you, having the different sets of accounts, I know exactly where everything is and what's happening with it, and I don't overspend now. I don't I love spend it. the employees money that I was supposed to set aside for them on inventory. You know, it's just like, and I'm getting a profit now. I get to take some money home. I love it. Which is so cool. I love it. And Sharon, uh, there's folks listening in right now that have to learn from you. Uh, Business owners that just want to learn these strategies, but also uh, instrument repair shops. I mean, that's a perfect, uh, perfect match. Where can people learn more about you, Sharon? Uh, I have, my site is MerrillInstrumentRepair.net. And as far as the the uh, business coaching. side, you know, coaching yep. and everything, I have profitfirstcoaching.com. Yeah, beautiful. Wow, is that smart? So she, we 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 got to know each other over the years. We we got together, and she's like, you know, Mike, you have profit first. Could I just get the profit first coaching domain? I'm like, freaking, a, you're a genius. <laughs> uh, I didn't think of that, so she grabbed it up, and uh, yeah. So thank you for that. Uh, yeah. Sharon, the last thing I had to ask you, I'm going to give you five different letters in sequence. You have to name at least one instrument that begins with this letter. First letter is A. Oh, jeez. You can swear. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sugar. No, a le- no. He sh- I gave her a letter. She I was said- swearing. Oh. Okay. Uh, he- oh, alto sax. Yes. Okay. That Whoa. was the right answer. Next letter is D. Drums. Yeah, that's correct. That was an easy one. Next letters are? Uh, I have blanked. Yeah, I don't know anything with an R either. Does anyone R. here know R? Without the internet, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, two more letters. D. Oh, we said D already. Uh, B. Bassoon. Yep, easily. And then I'll give you one easy one. Z. <laughs> yeah. An easy one. Yeah, yeah I'm laughing. Easy. Yeah, right. X. I'll give you that. X. I'll give you that. Zilgen symbols, but Zilgen symbols. That wins. Yes, that's a take. She got you, man. You tried to smoke her. Smoke her. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sharon, absolutely impressive. You uh, on our test score here, you get an eighty-nine (laughs) percent, which is a B plus. You got all the instruments. You didn't know Pac-Man, and you didn't get the letter R. I know. But you get you get eight bonus points because you're a listener of the show. Yay! (laughs) Oh, it's true. A plus. (laughs) <laughs> Sharon, honored to have you on. Thank, Thank you. you, Sharon. Thank we'll you. you. All right. I will catch you later. See you next time. So, dude, we got some tips to go over. Yeah. And Ron made a good point. He just he looks over. He's like, dude, word of the day? We didn't ask her what the word of the day was. Oh, Sharon, are you still there? Yeah. Oh, good. Word of the day. We forgot to ask you. What was it? Or the, phrase? The M&M? Damn! Oh! oh! All right. <laughs> now you get an A++. Holy <laughs> God! You, you are the best. You can't touch Sharon. No. You cannot touch Sharon. That's <laughs> impressive. Damn. Thanks, Sharon. Sharon thank you. Go, go to do some paradiddles or something. <laughs> what word for me? Brass mouthpiece. Oh, yeah the, yeah, the word for you is brass mouth. Oh, did you do a word on us? 
No, no, no. I was going to give you something for somebody else. Oh, yeah. Do you oh, want to yeah. give us to give it to us, please? Yeah, this is going to be bizarre. Okay. So it's going to be Bertha Butt, one of the Butt sisters. <laughs> Bertha? Bertha Butt. Uh, and she's, a, she, she's an actress or something? No, you know, it was a song or something when we were kids, or else we just something we kept saying. I okay. Don't know. Bertha Butt it is. There you go. And no, it's uh, got to be Bertha Butt, one of the Butt sisters. <laughs> okay, oh, Bertha Butt, one of the Butt sisters. Okay. Yeah. One of the, the wow. I love that. Use that as a verb. That's going to be hard. I know. No, no, that's an easy one. And Ron's going to take it. Ron's taking it? Okay. Yeah. Bertha Butt, one of the Butt sisters. Sharon, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Sharon. All right, we'll see you. See you. So before we uh, give our feedback, the roundup. I got some amazing feedback on this one. Yeah, let's do it. But we should talk about our sponsors real quick. Yeah, so Nextiva is our voiceover IP phone provider they stepped up as our premier sponsor which simply means we mentioned their name first that's like the only benefit they get um but uh, they do voiceover ip for small businesses so if you've under 25 employees or if you're a solo practitioner you can use our system one of the benefits i like because i use your phone system is simul ring which means i can sit here at, uh, at the studio have my cell phone ring my office ring and any other phones i want all simultaneously pick it up anywhere they provide that feature and millions of advanced features and are cheaper than everyone else. Nextiva. Nextiva. Next one. Fundera. It's an online uh, funding site. So if you need funds, some investment capital, go to Fundera. They source it for you and they don't charge a fee. They get a, they do get a percentage. I guess they make their money that way. They get a percentage from the lender, but right. that's a normal practice. You as an entrepreneur don't have to pay a premium like you would if you used a broker to find money for you. And that's cool. the last thing is T-Sheets. Love this company. T-Sheets. T-Sheets tracks time. It tracks time. Tracks time. It's a time tracking system. Great for hourly employees, projects, assignments, your own time, assigning stuff to different projects. T-Sheets. Check them out. T-Sheets.com. Cool. What'd you learn, bro? I learned a lot. I think one one of the couple things hit me. I know you got a lot of good feedback, but she said if it's if you have inventory on hand, that's a loss. She said just get rid of it. Find a way to get rid of it, either sell it or give it away, do anything just to get rid of it. I think that sort of energetically helps, too, in terms of cleaning yeah. out and lightening your load. Yeah, because it, weigh, it weighs on your mind. <laughs> it weighs on your mind, right? So you you see stuff sitting there, and every day, like, I can't sell it, I can't sell it. But the irony is the longer it sits, the longer we feel compelled to keep it, and it becomes this weight. Right. You've got to clear out that inventory. It, it, it's the only way to get profit coming in. She also snuck in at the end she, that she doesn't overspend now. I mean, that's a big one. Yeah, so she uses a small plates principle. Uh, this is something I talk about in Profit First. But basically, this is the idea. Instead of having one checking account, which most businesses do, and we put all our money in there and bills and stuff get paid out of that, set up at least five accounts. So when money comes in, that's your one account. Transfer the money in allotments. A portion goes to profit immediately. A portion goes to certain expenses. Certain Another portion goes to buying inventory. Another portion goes to pay yourself. If you apportion this money out, now you have a very clear picture of what that one deposit really is. It's not 5000 bucks in your bank account. It's 100 bucks in profit. It's $200 in inventory, blah, 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 blah. Right. That's what she's doing. Small oh, cool. plates. One thing I learned, dude. Yeah. She was talking about uh, a thing that Eli Goldratt, he wrote this book called The Goal. It's really about manufacturing, but I don't care what business you're in. you got to read The Goal. What it talks about is inventory, which she was suggesting. But as a business moves along, the different business processes, at certain point points, inventory, materials pile up. That is the area you need to fix. 
So if you manufacture something as it moves along and there's inventory piling up in the manufacturing area, that's the area to fix. In a service-based business, wherever you get stuck for time, aka time piles up, that's the area you need to fix. And the beauty is when you fix that one little small piece of your business, you're fixing the weakest link, the entire business speeds up and improves. Oh, that's cool. Hot. That's a big one, yeah. That's big. Big one. We should rewind and listen to that again. Uh, dude, all I know is Bertha Butt, one of the Butt sisters, <laughs> is, uh, is what we have to say next. Didn't you know her from high school? Oh. I did. I did. I dated her. I know I did. I did. Dude, I'm not kidding. Right? right. I was offended. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, I dated a Bertha Butt. Okay. That's uh, you know it doesn't make you a bad man. All right, we don't. This is getting awkward. Can we go, can we go to music quickly? All right. So are we, we lost our our last three done? listeners are now lost. <laughs> Damn it. Well, thank you for listening, uh, Mike Michalowicz. You're the author of Profit First. Yeah, and and I, I'm a co-owner with Ron and Profit First Professionals. If you want to get certified in Profit First, if you're an accountant, bookkeeper, coach, call me. Call Ron. And call us a Bertha Butt sister. There you go. And I'm Chris How about you, Curran. Bro? Tell us about uh, Fractal. Yeah, uh, founder of Fractal Recording. Recording podcast shows for businesses all over the world. So FractalRecording.com. Get your show on this freaking station, right? man. Serious. So listen to our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Again, the Profit First podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you next time. Right to the rhythm. 